What's up, everybody? My name's Athena, and you're here for a bonus episode of Vanished in the Valley. This episode was produced by Karen Kay, who had the amazing idea to open up Cash App instead of using Patreon and the other, I guess, uh, things I was using for people to hook me up, do donations, whatever you want to call it. So I do have Cash App now. It's under Vanished Athena, and I'm just going to use that, so fuck Patreon. This episode, like I said, is produced by Karen Kay, and we're going to cover a few things today. Of course, I got a bitch about the coronavirus, just because it seems like right now this article just broke, and the title is The Biggest Conspiracy Behind COVID-19, Now Proven. So I'm going to tell you about that article and what they found out. They actually had to basically sue this company to get information into their emails. I'm going to give you a couple updates on the Alexis Sharkey case. And it's not really like updates with officials giving information. I've kind of done some background into her friends and that shit, what was going on. I already had to call out a couple of those dumb bitches. So it's just going to be covering some of the rumors going around and what is uh, kind of being said about the husband. So we'll get into this, but let's start with some Kabobo craziness. So check this out, you guys. Back on February 18th, 2020, a scientific statement in The Lancet, 27 authors strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting COVID-19 does not have a natural origin, stating that scientists from around the world overwhelmingly conclude that this coronavirus originated in wildlife. Emails obtained by a U.S. right to know Prove Echo Health Alliance employees were behind the plot to obscure the lab origins of SARS COVID 2 by issuing a scientific statement condemning such inquiries as quote unquote conspiracy theory. Echo Health Alliance President Peter Dazak drafted the Lancet statement, intending it to be quote not be identifiable as coming from any one organization or person, but rather to be seen as simply a letter from leading scientists. Several authors of that Lancet statement also have direct ties to EcoHealth Alliance that were not disclosed as conflict of interest. Hmm, hella surprising. Dasek is now leading the Lancet's COVID-19 commission charge with getting to the bottom of the SARS COVID-2 origin, a role for which he is clearly too conflicted to perform in an unbiased manner. So November 5th, 2020, the U.S. Right to Know, which is an investigative public health nonprofit group, actually had to file a lawsuit against National Institute of Health after the agency failed to respond to its July 10th, 2020 Freedom of Information Act request. So the lawsuit sought to access non-exempt records of, quote, gain-of-function experiments related to COVID-19 pandemic from the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the Wuhan Center for Disease Control and Prevention, as well as EcoHealth Alliance, because they were partnered and they funded the Wuhan Institute. See where this is getting a little fishy? So in a November 18th, 2020 article, the United States Right to Know reports that emails obtained prove Echo Health Alliance employees were behind the plot to obscure the lab origins, 
by issuing a scientific statement condemning all the people questioning, all the inquiries, as just conspiracy theory. Like we just talked about in the last episode, the term conspiracy theory is weaponized to discredit people immediately. So check this out. Emails obtained by U.S. Right to Know show that a statement in The Lancet authored by 27 prominent public health scientists condemning conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin was organized by employees of Echo Health Alliance, which is a nonprofit group that has received millions of dollars in U.S. taxpayer funding to genetically manipulate coronaviruses with scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Okay, so a fucking organization funded by U.S. taxpayer dollars that have been working with the Wuhan Virology Lab that have been fucking around with coronaviruses is putting out a letter condemning conspiracy theories and trying to obscure everyone who's been working on it. Okay, totally just fits with 2020 and everything that's been fucking going on. So this scientist letter appeared in The Lancet on February 18th. It's online. You can go see it. Just one week after the World Health Organization announced that the disease caused by the novel coronavirus would be named COVID-19. So they're basically trying to say that all of these scientists overwhelmingly conclude that the coronavirus originated in wildlife. But the letter included no scientific references to refute a lab origin theory of the virus. One scientist, Linda Safe, asked via email whether it would be useful to add just one or two statements in support of why COVID is not a lab-generated virus and it's naturally occurring. She says, it seems too critical to scientifically refute such claims. So Dazak responded, I think we should probably just stick to broad statements. The United States Right to Know points out that several of the authors of the Lancet statement also have direct ties to Echo Health Alliance that were now disclosed as conflict of interests. So it this goes on to list a bunch of people, which I'm sure the names won't really mean anyone mean anything to anyone. But the whole like bottom line is this is that the finding is all the more important in light of the fact that DASAC is now leading the Lancet's COVID-19 commission charged with getting to the bottom of SARS-CoV-2's origins. So let's fucking name a guy to head this organization to figure out where COVID came from who has months ago already said, no, this, we've already called it. We already know where it come from. Why are we hiring and giving him money to investigate it if he months ago has already said it's naturally occurring? He's even gone on the record stating that he's convinced the virus is natural in origin. So just with that, his conflict of interest were already crystal clear. But the finding that he orchestrated the Lancet statement condemning conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have natural origins means the Lancet's commission's investigation is little more than just some cover-up operation. So it just seems like every single time we turn around, either studies are being pulled because it goes against the narrative, people that question what's going on are trying to be, like, you know, everyone's trying to discredit them by calling them conspiracy theorists. Now we have taxpayer funds going to an organization charged with finding the origin of covid 
when months ago they've already come out and said it was, you know, wildlife in origin. Why are we going to pay someone that has already come out many times stating this? And how come nobody is calling this whole organization out? I mean, basically, this guy, Dasik, he has every reason to make sure COVID ends up being declared natural. Because if it turns out to be lab creation, his whole livelihood is at stake. It would be naive to believe that safeguarding the continuation of dangerous gain-of-function research wouldn't be a powerful motivator to preserve zoonotic origin narrative. And zoonotic just means it's, uh, it's contagious between animals and humans. There's even a 60 Minutes interview with Dasik. And if you just watch it, I just watched like a little excerpt of it. There's just like total anti-Trump. It's just like following the fucking narrative to a T. Not asking any hard questions. Orange man bad. Just fucking total mainstream media bullshit. And that's online too if you want to see it. And with the history of different biological labs having like virus escapes or biological escapes or just mishandling of the biological material, I don't know why people are acting like this is so fucking crazy. I could literally make like five episodes telling you about the nightmare shit that's escaped from labs. And it goes back like decades, decades, you guys. And people act like, oh no, this couldn't have happened with COVID. That's not what's going on. But uh, let me tell you this. According to Francis Boyle, who drafted the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989, the West Africa Ebola pandemic likely originated out of a BSL-4 facility in Sierra Leone. He believes they were testing a live Ebola vaccine, thereby causing the outbreak. And, you guys, it's fucking terrifying. I actually might do this. I might make a whole episode just telling you about different problems all these different labs across the world have had and most people don't think it's so crazy that covid could have been an escape or even more sinister a biological weapon so francis boyle believes covid19 is a weaponized pathogen that escaped the wuhan city's biosafety level 4 facility bsl um, a Lancet paper published by physicians who treated some of the first COVID-19 patients in China showed that, that patient, patient zero, the one believed to have started the transmission, was nowhere near the Wuhan seafood market. And what's more, there was no bats sold in or even close to the market. What they found out so far why COVID is so strange and different than other coronaviruses is... They say it's been modified to integrate in an envelope protein from HIV called GP141, which tends to impair the immune system. A third modification appears to involve nanotechnology, which allows the virus to remain airborne longer. So Francis Boyle, he's not just some moron. He, he, just check this out. His educational background includes an undergraduate degree from University of Chicago, he has a lawyer degree from Harvard and a PhD in political science. For decades, he's advocated against the development and use of bioweapons. He says, My guess is, based on what I've read in the literature, that they tried to weaponize all that together, and that is SARS-CoV-2 
we are dealing with now. So it's SARS, which is genetically engineered biowarfare agent to begin with. Second, it has gain-of-function properties, which makes it more lethal, more infectious. It has HIV in there. That was confirmed by an Indian scientist, and it looks like nanotechnology. An MIT scientist who did a study found that it traveled 27 feet through the air, and that, I guess, was in lab conditions. That, I think, is why it's so infectious, and that is what I believe what we're dealing with here. That's why the six-foot social distancing recommendation by the CDC is preposterous. Even doubling that will do you no good. If there is a nanotechnology, it floats in the air. So he goes on to say that he does not think China deliberately released this, shooting itself in the foot, but it was clear they were developing an extremely dangerous, unknown biological weapon that had never been seen before, and it somehow leaked out of the lab. So... There you have it, guys. There's so many scientists that are saying the same thing that are being silenced. Nobody wants to talk about this. None of the mainstream media is talking about how a lot of scientists believe it was biologically engineered. There's now people getting taxpayer funds that have direct interactions and a huge conflict of interest because they work with the Wuhan lab now heading the investigation into the origins of it. So, I don't know. I mean, come on. Can 2020 get any more fucking ridiculous at this point? I shouldn't have even asked that because fuck yes, it can. So, check this out. You know that chef guy, the TV dude, Guy Fieri? He raised $21.5 million for unemployed restaurant workers, which basically means Guy Fieri has done more for unemployed restaurant workers than Congress has in the last eight months. Yeah. I don't even know what the fuck to say to that. It's just so fucking typical of our quote-unquote leaders and how they're completely fucking over the middle class and quote-unquote essential workers. My workers union has emailed me and texted me like four times this week asking about if I'm going to be willing to take the vaccine for the coronavirus and how I feel about it. I haven't responded to any of them because... I don't know, I just got this weird vibe off all of these questions they were asking. But, fuck no, I'm not taking that shit. I will literally, I'm not even talking shit, I will literally lose my job if they try to force me to take the vaccine. And fucking dictator dipshit Newsom is literally saying people in my line of work, like the healthcare industry, we're going to be the first ones to get the vaccine. And there's already whispers of these people trying to force us to take the vaccine in order to keep our jobs. So I don't know. I'll keep you guys updated on that one. But now we are going to move on to the Alexis Sharkey case. And before we get started, just a little disclaimer. If any of her little followers or any of these little wannabe influencers are listening to this, I've said it before. Her family wants her name kept out there. They want the story kept alive. And as of right now, the authorities aren't saying much. So what I'm going to be discussing today are her friends, her husband, and some of the rumors that are swirling around about her. So don't bring your bullshit to my Instagram page to bitch because I really don't care. Just keep it in your head or go somewhere else. Thank you. <laughs> so let's get on to Alexis. So Alexis Sharkey was found dead on Saturday, November 28th, 2020. And this is after leaving her house on foot. 
apparently her and her husband were had an argument and what's being said is she literally like jumped the back fence to leave apparently she wanted to drive and the husband wouldn't let her drive because she was intoxicated um when her friends couldn't reach her they went to her apartment that she shared with the husband and the husband tom sharkey said he hadn't seen her either uh, apparently, people are calling her an Instagram influencer. She ran a little business. It was like a beauty business with a Monat. Monat, I don't know how to say it. They've been kind of plagued by problems. Apparently, their products were like making people's hair fall out and shit like that. So they've been sued a bunch. But she, Alexa, made it super high in the company. So her husband, Tom, is speaking out regarding how much he loves her, how much he's innocent, and all of that kind of shit. But a lot of people suspect the husband because he's the husband. And statistically speaking, it's always the fucking husband. And if you look into his background, he had a first wife. And in their divorce papers, he it got kind of ugly. And it's hard to tell if it's just like, you know, the vindictive shit that happens during divorces, especially with, like, custody and child support. But at one point, he is accused of sending revenge porn to her employer. And if that's true, that's some fucked up crazy shit. And if you're willing to go that far to humiliate and sabotage a person by sending revenge porn to her boss... Is it really that far of a stretch to, say, fucking strangle her in the heat of a moment and leave her body naked on the side of a road? So that's just, like, one of the possibilities. Apparently, the Houston Police Department is saying he's totally cooperating, he's been questioned, but there's rumors that her friends may be involved. And the rumors are about her friends are kind of popping up because of the way they have been interacting with the media. Apparently, a bunch of them have been giving intimate details to different organizations like The Sun and different news outlets about Alexis. And a lot of people are like, why are you telling these people this? You're supposed to be her friend, but you're giving away all of her secrets. And if they actually have videos up. This is the really fucked up part. Some of the people that are involved with her little Monat, Monate business are actually like doing tributes to her and trying to sell their products on the same post. Like, how fucking disgusting is that? Like, really? You are that desperate? I don't know. I just found that really gross. But there is all kind of rumors popping up. Or on Facebook, there's like whole Facebook groups dedicated to it. If you go to Reddit, there's hella people talking about it. But... A lot of people are saying it was either the husband or one of these people in her group of friends. And if you go and you read some of the interviews, I'm not going to name the the friends. I mean, if you go look, they, <laughs> they kind of stick out because they're always the ones talking to the media. And I can't tell you how many times I've been watching like forensic files or some shit like that. And the murderer is actually the one giving all these interviews to the police and the media Talking about what a great person they were and they hope the person that did this is caught. So other people are bringing up like the fact that she was this little small town girl and suddenly she met her husband and she got all this plastic surgery and moved to Houston and tried to create this quote unquote influencer lifestyle for herself. 
but it's kind of a, I don't know, it's, I don't know why it's getting so much attention, maybe because of the whole Instagram thing. So apparently she had like 21,000 followers. She wasn't monetized by any brands or anything, but I don't know. I really, I, I couldn't tell you why this one is actually getting so much attention by the media. When I first found out she was missing, it was just like any other missing persons case. And I was just going to report on that. And literally as I was doing the episode, her body was found. So it's now turned into this murder investigation. We're still waiting on the autopsy report and the Houston police. They're not really saying much. But apparently Tom, the husband, the one that literally sent revenge porn to his ex-wife's employer. I guess if you like go to his Facebook a lot of people are saying that he has a history of trying to humiliate women and he's got a history of mental health issues including like suicide threats and just abusive type behavior. There's also the angle that people are thinking it was a possible drug overdose and the reason she was found naked is because sometimes if a person is like super drunk or overdosing on drugs their friends will like strip them naked and throw them in a cold shower or a cold bath. The other thought on that is somebody was trying to get rid of evidence like DNA that could have been on her body. But like I said at the beginning, this is all just speculation. Nothing official has come out. There was an interview with a detective from New York that literally he has nothing to do with the case, but he was just commenting on the case. And his opinion was that Houston PD was probably going to get the suspect and get them arrested pretty quickly. So her friends, though, are posting some weird-ass shit on Instagram. Um, let me just tell you about this. So on one of her friends, her name's Courtney, on one of her Instagram stories, she wrote, it's like just basically a black background, and it's the flip-off emoji, and she wrote, if you know, you know. We won't need to be silent for long. And that's posted on Instagram. It's like, what the fuck? What does that even mean? Like, I, I, I don't get it. Maybe they just like the drama. They're trying to themselves become influencers. And if they attach their name to Alexis, they think they're going to get more followers. But there's a few of them that are literally acting out. And I don't know. I mean, maybe Alexis knew these girls because she was new to Houston, trying to make friends. Apparently, she was on some Bumble BFF app, and a lot of these girls, the ones that are acting like fucking idiots, they're from this Bumble BFF app. It's come out in some places that she had an open relationship with her husband, and she was actually just started dating a different man from the Houston area. And one of her friends said, despite her sunny online persona, the 26-year-old had a troubled relationship with her new husband, Tom Sharkey, whom she married in December. Her and her husband were going through a divorce, one friend said. The decision to end her marriage, the friend said, came after a girl's trip to Marfa, Texas last month, where Sharkey claimed her husband had been putting his hands on her. Throughout the trip, he was sending her really awful, nasty messages to her. But one night, when she and I were talking alone, she said, and this is a quote, he strangles me and chokes me out, and I black out, and I wake up on the bathroom floor every single time. Two other friends also told the Daily Beast that Sharky had complained about physical abuse and said her husband could be controlling and manipulative in group settings. 
While it's unclear if Sharkey had actually filed paperwork to dissolve her marriage, friends said that her behavior had changed over the last month. She wasn't posting on social media quite as much, and she always wanted to be around her friends all the time to avoid going home. So one friend, Kendra Martin, said, I know they were going through some things. And she had mentioned being separated, even though they were still living in the same apartment. I actually pulled her aside two weeks ago to let her know that I'm here for her and that I know something's going on because her demeanor had changed over the last month. So, I don't know, guys. You know that statistic. If your fucking significant other is literally choking you out to the point of unconsciousness, that the chance this person's going to murder you is super fucking high. And... Like she said, if that's true, if she gets choked out to unconsciousness and is waking up on the bathroom floor, it almost reminds me of like, you know, your friend's too drunk, your friend's unconscious, your wife is choked out unconscious, so you bring them in the bathroom to splash cold water on them, something like that. So, I don't know. That's why there are so many rumors swirling around in this case. But everyone suspects that this person is going to be named and arrested pretty soon. And when that happens, I will definitely keep you guys updated because this person needs to be brought the fuck down. If it turns out it's one of the friends or if it is the husband like statistics tell us it's probably going to be, I'll definitely keep you guys updated. If you happen to have any information on this case, even the smallest little tip, please contact the Houston Homicide Division at 713 713- 308-3600 or you can contact Crime Stoppers at 713-222-TIPS that's 8477 if you don't want to deal with the police or anything like that you can contact me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com you can go to the Instagram account and look for a Vanished in the Valley Athena or the parlor account um don't do it on the Facebook because I check it maybe once a week. Contact me. I will contact them for you and let them know anything you need them to know. Let's get some justice for Alexis and get her parents some peace of mind and get this dirty motherfucker that did this to her. Let's get them some prison justice. So before I go today, I just wanted to tell you about Bing Lu, who was a researcher for the University of Pittsburgh. He was found shot to death in May 2020, right as he was on the verge of making a very significant coronavirus finding. Check this part out. The assassin was then found dead in a car down the street. So, swallow that, everyone who wants to call me a conspiracy theorist when I talk about all the bullshit surrounding the coronavirus. So, again, this episode was produced by Karen Kay. Up top, girl. I appreciate it. If you guys want to be a producer for one of the episodes, go to Cash App, and you can find me under Vanished Athena. But in the meantime, be aware, and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.